everybody welcome to the next take podcast before we get into it let's have a little moment of silence say rest in peace to our boy dmx all right peter dog r.i.p What must I go through to show you shit is real? What must I go through to show you shit is real? Shit is really real. All right, y'all. We lost. We lost one man. We lost. We lost the one of the best rappers out alive, man. Icon. Um, Icon. Living legend. Well, legend. Well, yeah. That shit is crazy. It's like, I still don't even really believe it. Like, I can't picture, like, yo, damn, we not, because you know how many times we see the Rough Riders come, coming through the window on the, uh, on the highway? I'm like, damn. I mean, I don't see it anymore because I'm not over here. <laughs> like, we but. see that shit. We be seeing them niggas outside. It's just like, damn, DMX. Grew up to yeah music like. I definitely grew up to uh, DMX music. I met Swiss before like, too. It's like damn. Man. But anyway, that's one of the people that you yeah. never think I, is gonna die. <laughs> we keep losing them, man. We keep losing them. All right. Well, I I don't even think I'm ready to talk about X. So we I'm just gonna get right into into the week. Um. So, we've been doing weekly podcasts now for a couple weeks now. Uh, I think right now is going to be the best time for us to tell you. We're going to start releasing episodes every Sunday of every week. Every Sunday, um, hopefully, by the time you guys wake up, an episode will be released for the Next Take podcast. And hopefully, the following Monday or Tuesday, we're going to have video um, on YouTube. Uh, we'll, have, we'll hopefully be releasing a video episode. And hopefully, we're going to release a little bit more. Um, just to close the week with some content. Yeah, no, some days you week. just be looking for some Knicks media and nobody's posting on Sundays. You just waiting to see what's going to be said on first take or the jump about the Knicks or any, any platform, like just some type of entertainment. We're going to make sure that I have that, have that for you on Sundays consistently to end the week. So right, right. right. So we're going to start. We're going to. Uh, I guess we got to start with the first game that we did not recap last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Twenty on the second, Mavs at New York. Terrible. I um. <laughs> Terrible. I think last week I was saying, yeah, uh, we need to win this game, and um, we did not win this game. <laughs> I and thought I it was barely, gonna be a competitive game going to overtime. Nigga. I, they I, killed us. 
I barely, barely watched that game because every time I looked at it, I was like, uh, yeah, it looks like we're going to lose this game. <laughs> I don't know what it is like when, when it comes to watching these Knicks games, but when I watch and I can see the effort they putting out, I, I, I just, I can always get the sense like, yeah, today they're not playing their usual game. And the, that Mavs game was definitely another game where I had been saying that they do, do not look like themselves anymore. And I don't know what to attribute that to. But they just were not, they were not looking like they were trying to win that game, and they didn't. Um, I don't think that was the case. I think Julius was just cold and Luca was hot. And once Luca's hitting step back threes at the top of the key, it's like we did everything we, 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 we could. We, we, I see game like the, the plays where they would just have set up specific plays on defense where they would be, Doing everything perfect, and Luca would still make the shot. Sometimes they, the other team, just has that guy, and there's nothing you could do in that scenario. I mean, I feel like there was something we could do. I feel like we could have played Frank and put him on Luca, yeah. like we did the last couple of times we played him, and give him some trouble. And yeah, that's what we asked for the last <laughs> podcast, and, and it don't seem like it's trending towards that because we we did not get what we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Only way um, we'll get that is if it's injuries. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know why we're supposed to be a defensive team. We're supposed to be, um, you know, playing the guys that deserve to play. And I know, I know, Thibodeau doesn't like playing more than ten guys at a time. But I feel, I felt like that was a game that Frank needed to play, and he didn't. Yeah. And we just got to ask it. So, I mean, there's not really much to say about that game. Um, very forgettable game. Very forgettable game. I barely watched it. Um, I think right after that game, uh, Knicks tried to uh, fill their uh, <laughs> big man woes after losing Mitchell Robinson. Uh, and we picked up uh, Norvell Pell, who uh, I don't really know too much about Norvell Pell, but I saw some good things about him. So, I mean, I thought it was a decent pickup. You knew anything about Norvell before we got him? I remember when we played them, when he was on the Sixers and we played him and he was blocking Mitch and I was just like, what? I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone block Mitch until I see Norvell Pell. And then I looked up some uh, YouTube highlights just to get a feel for what it what he would bring. Uh-huh. And then in his very first he game, <laughs> he basically did everything that I had seen on, on YouTube. He got two okay. blocks back to back and dislocated his finger, came back. No, no, no. He got you're the two blocks the, after that. You're talking about which game was that? The, uh, the Pistons game? The Pistons game. Yeah, my bad. I skipped forward ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. transition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, after that disappointing, that, after that disappointing loss to the Mavs, um, we played the Pistons, mm-hmm. and I. There's not much to say about that game because it was like the last game, the Mavs game, except the Knicks came out and really took it to the Pistons. This yeah. was never a game. Yeah. This was never a game from front to finish. Um, they remembered what happened in uh, Minnesota when they came into this game. This is a game that they were supposed to win, and they knew that from jump and got right to business. They, they didn't play around that game. And they didn't want to. They didn't want to um, 
they didn't want to come in like they did against that Minnesota game. They came right. in and was like, no, we're never, we're, we're not going to do this again. Mm-hmm. We're going to come in and we're going to, we're going to show out. Uh, Julius Randle had his best game, um, in a couple games, 29 points on nine for 16 shooting, five of nine from three, six for seven from the free throw, uh, eight rebounds. You know what I mean? Um, Reggie Bullock also had himself a game with 22 points. RJ had 14. Alfred had 11. Everybody, everybody, we don't talk about plus minus on this show, but everybody had a positive plus minus. And everybody got got in this game. And even the third stringers, (laughs) even the third stringers came in and just took over. Like they didn't slow down at all. They just came in. Kevin Knox hit back to back to back threes. I'm just realizing we never even introduced ourselves. <laughs> so if you're listening for the first time, listeners, my name is Josso Focus. I'm French. That's French. And we uh <laughs> that's how that's how you know shit is fucked up. DMX uh-huh. DMX passes away and we yeah. don't even fucking do the intro. It's, but <laughs> uh, so anyway, French. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get we didn't get no uh we got everybody. We got Frank. We got Obi. We got Norvell Pell. Uh, we got yeah, Jared Harper, Theo Pinson. Everybody played, and the only person who didn't have a, a plus or a minus was Jared Harper, who had a plus zero. But everybody got in the game, and Norvell Pell comes in the game. He starts blocking shots. He block. I think he dislocated his finger, like you said, um, mm-hmm. on one block, right? Or was it? Was no, it no, 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 no. He was going for a chase down. Oh, no, no, no. He got – somebody threw him at Ali. He tried to catch it and missed it and hit his finger on the rim, dislocated it. Came right back out, hit two straight free throws back-to-back. And then on the next play – he got play, fouled on that play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on the very next play, he got two back-to-back blocks. And I'm just right. like, wow. And then that led to a Kevin Knox three. So yeah. they didn't they didn't let up at all. As soon as the third stringers they came didn't. in, they Kevin Knox had, had nine points, went three for three. Three for three from three. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank came out. He had one point. So everybody, everybody contributed at mm-hmm. least a little bit. You know, even whether they played one minute or whether they played thirty minutes. Yeah, everybody came out and, and contributed. Um, even quickly came out. He's been struggling a little bit, but he was three for six, one for two, one for two from uh, three points, three mm-hmm. point range. So that was just a thorough, thorough, thorough ass whooping the Knicks put on the Detroit Pistons. Um, and you know that. From there, we lead into two days later. We had the Brooklyn Nets game at, uh, on the fifth. Um, and remember that what game, we said, right? Coming into that game, what we had predicted was Harden was injured, and I said that if Harden was out, we should be able to take this win. Well, Harden ended up uh, playing in that game. Um, yeah. KD, there was a there was also a possibility of KD playing in that game, also. Mm-hmm. So. Like the day of, I'm still waiting. I'm like, damn, we, they might be, they might have Kyrie, KD, and James Harden. Ugh, my little bet, yeah, <laughs> my little bet I on didn't the. Think KD was you know, back. I mean, I wasn't hope. I was hoping he wasn't coming back, but she. It was looking like he was a game time decision, um, and I was look. I was like, damn, my bet on that spread is not looking too good. Um, <laughs> before that game, um. The Knicks getting interviewed and talking about, oh, they got a big three and all this stuff. Big 15. And, uh, <laughs> Reggie Bullock, before the Reggie Bullock responds, we've got a big five. 
so we're not really concerned about their big three. We know what type of basketball we'll be able to come into the game and play. We're focused on our team, the game plan that coach draws up. But other than that, that's all we're focused on, the Knicks, right? And King Jules hit him Julius. with the King 15 after that. We, we the big 15. Ain't the right. big five. Julie. Julius Randle says that, too. right? So He's supposed to get that win, man. That win was <laughs> yeah, you, terrible. You talk, when, when you talk about I mean, that, that, loss that loss, yeah, when you talk when you talk like that, you got to come, especially when James Harden comes in, plays about three, four minutes. Um, did he play three, four minutes? Let me see. James Harden played four minutes in that game, scored zero points, points to the bench, says, yo, coach, get me out of here. I'm not, my ham, my hammy's not ready. From that point, you, if you're talking about a big five, big 15, you have to, have to, have to show out. And for, and for a little bit, they, they, you know what I mean? They, I think they were leading in the third, right? Mm-hmm. The Knicks, Knicks were leading third by how much? 13? They were, they were leading by a bit. 13, yeah. They were leading by a little, let me, let me go to the game. Um, so they were up 70, 58. They were up 70 to 58, 10 minutes and 37 seconds left in the game. And Brooklyn cut, cuts it close. Kyrie, all game, Kyrie has was hitting some some decent-ass shots. I'm not even going to mm-hmm. hold it. Kyrie was holding, hitting some shots. And I was like, damn, he can't, keep, he can't keep hitting shits, shots like that. But even if he does, if you hold the rest of the team down, we'll be all right. And then he comes out of the game, and the Knicks blow the lead, give up the lead. The Nets take the lead going into the fourth quarter. I'm like, yo, what, what, what is going on here? Like, it was inspired. They knew they had Kyrie. Kyrie was hot, and all they had to do was just get the lead out the way, and then get a tie game again. Now the game starts over. Kyrie's hot, and we don't have no one who's hot, who's hot like Kyrie. That's what it really came down to. I mean, let's see, at the half, Knicks were 67-57. I'm looking at my notes now, now that I got it up. Knicks had eight made threes out of 16, so they were shooting 50% from three. If you're shooting 50% from three and you a defensive team and, and you up 10 points to the Nets without KD and Harden. Best in the NBA. Ha- Best defensive team in the NBA. You have to. You have to hold that lead when Kyrie goes out of the game mm-hmm. or build on that lead, Right. They had 11 fast break points. Uh, they had 11 fast break points before the third quarter was over. They averaged 8.6 fast break points on the season. So they were all, they, the game wasn't even done, and they were already way above how many fast break points. They're slowest team in, one of the slowest teams in pace. So they, they were getting transition baskets. They were doing everything well. And in the third quarter of Doom, came back. <laughs> we referenced it in the last podcast and a third like they had no turnovers in the first half they had they turned over the ball like i don't even know how many times in that third quarter just to give to give that lead up brooklyn ended up taking the lead into the fourth quarter uh the knicks i think they tied it up at one point in the fourth mm-hmm. but you remember that end of that game Kyrie. the end of the game Kyrie just smoked us that was all there um, was to remember Kyrie 
just took over the I, game, killed us. There was nothing we could do to stop him. Nothing at see. all. Because once D. Rose, like, because D. Rose was the engine behind the offense in the first half. And once he didn't score in the entire second half, I already knew, like, we know how this is going to end. So let me see my notes. Knicks can't close this lead after getting to within one. Two minutes left with Noel at the line. Nerland's Noel, our new starting center, now that Mitch is down, gets to the free throw line to give us the lead and bricks both free throws. Brooklyn comes back. They score. Alfred Payton, who we, you guys know we hate, <laughs> but he played well. He played well. At the end of that game, he was playing minutes that I was thinking he uh, he should not be out there. He came shots. out and hit 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 a uh, 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 he it was tough. It was a tough layup and it was a tough three to keep us in the game. Um, Alec Burks. You talking about Brooklyn? Uh, hits. Yeah, he didn't hit Alec the three Burks. In Brooklyn. He had two layups in the in the end of the game, and then that was it. Oh, uh, it was two layups. Okay, my fault. Yeah, he had two layups. Alec Burks hit a pull-up three to tie the game up with 25 and a half. Uh, Knicks had an opportunity to take the lead after that. Mm -hmm. Can't grab the rebound. Jeff Green gets the ball with 3.7 seconds left in the game. Gets fouled, which that's a call that they never make, but we keep saying it. We keep seeing it. They call the foul. Jeff Green hits his his two free throws. And that's basically how the game ends. I just hate when the referees take the decision out of the game and and make it into free throws. Like, just let the game go how it's going to go. We keep losing the free throws. We keep losing that way. We lost that way way to Philly. We lost that way to... uh, um, We lost that way to Brooklyn. To Brooklyn. Like, we keep losing these games... Based off to the referees blowing a whistle, and then they swallow their whistle whenever we have the ball. Yeah, but that's a lot. A lot of that is respect. A lot of that is respect, and um, the Knicks haven't earned um, anybody's respect. And it's probably going to be that way until the Knicks make a, that playoff push and wherever it is that they end up. If they end up six seed, they'll get that respect. But until they do that. Uh, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to start winning some 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 tough games and beating some good teams and then make it to the playoffs to show everybody, yo, this is this this is who we are. It's, it's not a fluke. We're gonna we're, we're gonna be here for a while because all of our core pieces are gonna be here. So that's how it's gonna be when it's when it comes to close games. So the Knicks have to not allow games like the Brooklyn game to happen. Um, Julius did have a chance to win that game or not win to tie that game. Um, Took a, a long a pull up two off the dribble, but that he didn't necess- he didn't really have a good game that game. Um, so I was like not really happy with with him taking that shot. Alec Burks had just hit a big three. We probably should have given it to him, or we should have given it to R.J. Barrett. And neither one of those guys got the got the shot. Julius got the shot. He went seven for nineteen for nineteen points. Nineteen points on nineteen shots. Zero for four from three. I don't draw up that play. I'm sorry. He had a triple double, but this was one of the bad triple doubles. This is this is a bad triple double, and he's had a couple of bad triple doubles over the last week or so. So, um, let's move right along. You got anything to say about about um 
Julius Randle before we move on to the next game. I just think he's in a slump. He'll come back. I, I feel like I feel like he's hurting, but he, anyway. Um, immediately after, like the next within the next game day, uh, the Knicks signed center John Henson. Uh, I don't know anything about John Henson either. You look any, I up, remember any John Henson highlights? I remember playing against him and we're walking and he would keep blocking everything and catching right. every lob. He's basically, like Tib said, insurance. He was an insurance hire in case Norvell Pell gets hurt. And that's all there really is to it. It seemed like these guys are gelling well with the team so far. Right. On the bench, at least. All right, I, I, there's a little bit of consistency going on. Um, yeah. We got we got some rim protecting centers, and we're not trying to mess I mean, too much up with the chemistry. Yeah, it seems like. trying to trying to keep trying to keep the team, uh, you know, flowing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, something else that happened before the uh, next game: uh, Charles Oakley uh, refuses to have the guard and retire his jersey. He says, "Quote." They came to me and said they were going to retire my jersey, do this and do that. And I'm like, nah, you can't buy me that easy. If you retire the jersey, that benefits you. That ain't benefiting me. If you want to put it outside with the flag and people don't have to pay to come in and see it, let them drive past and see it. Let it be a tourist spot. Uh, Frank, uh, French, you... I don't know how much you know about Charles Oakley. That's more I know my time. I know enough about Charles Oakley, but I don't have that emotional like attachment to Charles Oakley like people who right. watch the nineties Knicks. So anytime I hear his name come up, I just want like shut the fuck up. It seems like he just wanna stay relevant in this topic with James Dolan and he just wanna keep winning this battle with James Dolan. It's like, bro, the team is good right now. We don't wanna hear about all this extra Rich problems. That's what that's what that's what I feel like this is. It's rich problems. I'm worried about the team, well, man. Well, I I will say this. Um Oakley was part of those Knicks teams that I, I watched, but I wasn't a fan of the Knicks at the time. That Charles Oakley is the epitome of uh the, the Knicks teams that our parents watched. Um he he was basically um you know, Patrick Ewing was the icon, but Charles Oakley evoked those 90s Knicks uh, tough teams. He was one of the toughest players in the NBA. Um, one of the things that I'll, you know, that has nothing to do with the Knicks, but one of the, one of the things that will always, I'll always think of when I think of Charles Oakley, there's a, there's a, a, a gif, if anybody wants to look it up, of Charles Oakley and Scottie Pippen, where uh, he's, he's got Scottie Pippen by the jersey and he's grabbing him. He's talking to the camera and he's smacking him up. And, and Scottie Pippen is like, yo, come on, man. But he yeah. ain't, Scottie Pippen ain't really, <laughs> he's, Scottie yeah. Pippen didn't want no That's smoke. That's all I've seen Charles about Oakley, Charles Oakley from the Charles last Oakley, dance and but, how he was on the Bulls and that's all I could see. That, that's the I epitome of him. Charles Oakley. He, yeah. he, he, he is a big, tough guy. And um, he was a tough, defensive-minded uh, player back in the day. And, mm-hmm. He'll always have luck and he'll always have um, love in the garden. Have always have love in New York, and he knows that. So I understand where he's coming from. Me and you not really being big '90s Knicks guys. Like I watched the games and I saw all of the heartbreaking stuff and I saw all of that. And I have an appreciation for Charles Oakley definitely more than you do. But on the 
I'm not Everything saying he was a scrub right. or none. I, I know he played his role. No, no, no. Like he was an ultimate role player, but and he like had, he was the heart of all the Knicks teams in the '90s. He was the one who would go, who was ready to go to war for everybody, and I understand all that. But like, bro, <laughs> like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> you don't want them I mean, to I, retire I, your jersey? Cool. Like, why are you running to the news outlets with that? Uh, I feel like somebody asked him that question and that was his response. But I, I just feel like, listen, just get your jersey retired. Like that's an honor. Um, don't don't be that don't don't be that guy. Although I feel like he has the support of the city, no matter what he does. And if the if if the garden the garden they should also be like, all right, if you want us to put your jersey up, you know, we'll put your jersey up outside with the flag if that's what you want. Seems kind of like a little bit of a hassle to do that, but it it is what it is. Yeah. French, where'd you go? I'm right here. I had to go get my charger. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> leaving here, leaving me here to talk talk to uh, talk for myself. I had a good time. Um, and then also, I I think this is leading up to the Boston Celtics game. ESPN dropped the list. Top twenty five, under twenty five. Mm-hmm. And a couple names were a little omitted. One of the one of the main ones that I remember, I'm like, uh, wait, what? Why he's not on this list? RJ Barrett is not on this twenty five. Under twenty five. The best twenty five under twenty five list. That's <laughs> Yo, tell me, t- tell me what you think about that. Like, what's they what's need. Up with that? They need clicks. They need people to have something to talk about on ESPN. So that's not getting you clicks by leaving RJ back. It, it just seemed like uh, all right. So let me just we say this: we talking about it. We are talking about it, but that's because we. <laughs> if we if they had everything fans. perfect, there's nothing to talk about. So they got to do stuff like that for attention and need people to drive viewership towards these people, like Stephen A. on first take getting outraged about, like, I have no association with this list. Like, they need that in order to keep people to watch. Like, you need something to talk about. So I'm not paying it no more. I feel like they do that every year with the Knicks because they know that we have the the biggest audience of the NBA teams. So they like to get us outraged and get them talking about them. That's how they stay relevant. Uh, All right. So I don't think, like, if you're trying to get clicks, this is not the way to get clicks, first of all. Working. First of all, RJ Barrett is not a big enough name yet to get clicks off. Even the, even if it's like, all right, New York Knicks fans are going to pay attention to this. Uh, you would get more clicks by where you place him on the list than by excluding him. And to be fair, when I when I'm here when I did my little research on it, it's a compilation of three writers. Um, their lists. Mm-hmm. Two of them had him in the top twenty-five. One didn't, and no, that's one what had him in the top twenty-five. See, I heard different. I heard two had him in the top twenty-five, and one had him off the list. Okay. And and um, I think it was Kevin Pelton. That's yeah. He's the one who. Oh, uh, I heard he had him off the list. So I don't know. We'll have. I don't have access to this ESPN <laughs> Plus or whatever. I look. At um, but either way, he's not on the list. Um, I'm trying to find this list. Let me pull this list up. 
because I want to I want to name some names that definitely like Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges is definitely not. This is a list based on not. This is not like oh they're better now. But you got to look at the names which is, associated which is also with this ro- list though. Like Bobby Marks, he was the GM of the Nets when they traded for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, and. Mike Schmitz is a, a draft analyst. Like, these dudes don't watch the NBA, and they don't. Like, you see Bobby Marks, he probably watches the NBA, but he's not, like, a great NBA mind that you want to pick from a 25 under 25 list. You get what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, but. And Mike Schmitz, I don't feel like he watches the NBA either. He watches, like, the best games on ESPN, but I don't feel like he's really watching Knicks games through and through to see, like, who's doing what. Kevin Pelton probably is the only one who actually watches games. And I'm only saying that because he he had RJ on the the list. So I'm being biased, but it's whatever. You don't even have to watch Knicks games to, like, all you Mm -hmm. have to do is look at stats. Like, all you have to do is look at stats to be like, all right. Mikael Bridges, yeah, he's good, but <laughs> if you're looking at RJ stats this season, they're better than they're better than his. And and I'm not and I can't find this list. It's relying the, the wins that the team has is relying on these numbers too. You get what I'm saying? Like without his numbers, the team's record which is a playoff record right now, would be a lot worse. Mikhail Bridges, I don't know if he has that impact on the Suns. I feel like it's Chris Paul and Devin Booker whose numbers matter the most on the Suns. It's a bunch of role players outside of that that help and contribute to the team winning. But R.J. Barrett is the top two. He's the Chris Paul, Devin Booker on our team. Him and Randall are the Chris Paul, Devin Booker who are responsible for most of this team's wins. So well, to have Tyrese is, Halliburton and these dudes ahead of RJ is kind of wild. And it's, I feel like the only explanation is, is that they're trying to get the clicks. They said this is the top 25, under 25, based on potential. I found the list. All right. We're going to list them all. That makes Luka Doncic. <laughs> Luka Doncic. All right. Cool. Zion Williamson. Cool. cool. LaMelo Ball. Cool. cool. Even though he's a rookie. Cool. Donovan Mitchell. Cool. Jason Tatum. Cool. De'Aaron Fox. Eh. Cool. I fuck with De'Aaron Fox. I fuck with De'Aaron. Ben Simmons. Cool. Devin Booker. Cool. Bam Adebayo. Cool. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Cool. Brandon Ingram. Cool. Jalen Brown. Cool. Jamal Murray. Cool. Michael Porter Jr. He's up there too. This might sound like hate. He's up there. But this might sound like hate. Injuries? I don't think... I think... yeah, you, you said it before I before it come out of my mouth. Michael That's Porter that. Jr. is not going to have a better career than R.J. Barrett. His potential, I feel, is shot. And that's why he got drafted where he got drafted. That's why the Knicks drafted Kevin Knox before him. And it was a, it, they should have drafted him or someone else. And I love Kev. But we probably wouldn't have R.J. if we did, though. True. 
But Michael Porter Jr., I don't see Michael Porter Jr. having a long career. I don't see him being an all-star. I think that he's going to be a very good player just under that all-star ranking. But I don't think he should be on this list, never mind being 14. Back from commercial break. Michael Porter Jr., top 25 under 25. <laughs> we bike. I don't I don't I think he he has a case to be on this list. I don't think he has a case to be that high. Uh, yeah, the but, order of this list is also for for right. ratings. Well, some of, some of it some of it they're they're high because or they're low because they don't have that much potential left or whatever. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Michael Porter Jr., I I think that we can make a case that RJ is going to have a has more potential. I think we can make a case. Is Michael Porter Jr. even a defender like that? Because I remember I him not being. Denver. I don't. I don't remember him being great defensively. And but he's that, a scorer. Scorer. He's a scorer. Real, he's a scorer. Scorer. But he's a bucket. That's. He's a one. As far as I'm aware, he's a one way player. And somebody's probably going to hit me up later saying, "Yo, he's improved since then." I, I'm a Knicks fan. I don't watch just like you. But yeah, I don't think he. I, I think if you I'm taking, you give me RJ, soon, you give me Michael Porter Jr., I'm taking RJ. Yeah. John Morant, we'll talk about that later. Trey Young, okay, cool. Mikhail Bridges, like I said, not better than RJ now and does not have more potential. Sabonis, mm-hmm. cool. Anthony Edwards, eh. eh. I, don't think, I don't think he should be ahead of RJ yet. He had half a good season so far. DeAndre Ayton, Tyrese Halliburton. Are we putting Halliburton over RJ right now? Are we putting Ayton over RJ? John Collins, Jared Allen, Lonzo Ball, Colin Sexton. There's like five or six names where it's like, yeah, why is RJ not on this list? Makes no sense. That's why they did it. And then so right I, after I, this list came out, Boston. <laughs> Boston. So yeah, like you were saying, uh, right after this list came, this list came out. Knicks played Boston mm-hmm. uh, on the seventh, and your boy was probably he was like, "Oh, I'm not on this list. Watch this." I don't. He didn't and even really... this was the first game that he had to address the Anthony Edwards comments. Yes. So It was the first time he had to face the media, and then when they asked him about it, he said that he laughed. He didn't really care too much about it. And then this right. game happened. He didn't miss a three. <laughs> he did not like, miss a three. He did not miss a three. RJ oh, went can't off. Shoot? You want RJ, me to be the one to take this shot? RJ missed four shots. The entire game. He went 10 for 14, 6 for 6 from 3. He missed one free throw on top of all the, on top of the four field, uh, field goals that he missed. So he missed one free throw, five rebounds, two assists. He should have had 30. But we're going to get to that. So, RJ, RJ was beasting, man. RJ, RJ played the way that... We were thinking Julius Randle needs to play if we're going to win games. Um, I mean, like he should be the number one option. 
right. I feel like they need to have a talk now. Like, RJ don't seem like he's tired and or injured. Julius Randle seems like he's both or one or the other. So, I feel like RJ need to tell him, like, let me be the number one option for the rest of the season until you right, until you back right on your feet. Because we, we don't have the luxury of letting you get your rhythm back when we trying to make the playoffs still. We don't right. have games to do that with. We can't play like that. So... RJ's hot right now. Let him be the number one guy until Rangers proves that he's back. Right. So this this during this game, it was a good back and forth game that whole entire first half. Like Nick started off good, then Boston came back, then it was like back and forth, back and forth. Uh, by halftime, it was forty six Knicks, uh, Knicks forty six, Boston forty seven. Third quarter comes in, and Erlens Noel hold it, held us down defensively. Uh, Knicks disrupted the Celtics offense. Uh, Alfred and, and Julius scored on three straight possessions. Knicks took the lead 57-50. By the end of the third, RJ was 6 for 9 from uh, from the field, 3 for 3 from 3, 3 for 4 from free, th- from free throws, 7 boards, 4 assists, 3 steals, and 1 block. Julius Randle had 18, oh, he had 18 points. Julius Randle scored 13 points in the third quarter. He's got. He had twenty points and eight boards. One thing I will say about RJ. Jalen Brown was giving him fits. <laughs> Jalen Brown was going off, and I and I kept missing why. And I think I remember because we were here together. Um, mm-hmm. You kept saying, "There's two dudes that you need to guard at all times: Jason yep. Tatum and Jalen Brown." And yep. both of them was going off. And it felt like it's, the Knicks weren't really playing their defense. Except no, for they were. That was the problem. They except for playing, that. Except for I was that. Saying, I was going to say, RJ, I felt like, was too caught up in like the regular team defense that they play instead of understanding who and, like, who's who. Like, you get what I'm trying to say? Like... <clears throat> He, so, he recognizes that he's guarding Jalen Brown, but he understands that this team defense has to be locked in one. And he has to be able to rotate and help over to the next guy, but not realizing that that next guy is not a threat. The only threat on the court right now is the guy that you're guarding, and you keep leaving him and keep forgetting that he's in the corner running back door and getting wide open dunks. So it's who's like, leaving Tatum open? <laughs> I, don't even, I, I, I only re- recognize RJ. Listen. Uh, but I didn't... I think uh, Randall was on Tatum, and, and that's that's why I asked the question because I, I was getting ready to I, I was getting ready to just say stuff about RJ, but for Julius, this is this is starting to become a little bit of a habit, and nobody's really saying it, but I will. Julius ain't been playing defense for except for like a stretch here or there, but yeah. he hasn't been playing defense in, for in about a good two three weeks. Yeah, it's and it's been really noticeable since Alfred Payton ran into his leg. So Julius needs to play less. Um, and, and Obi's balling right now. I don't understand why he's not getting more. Like it's not like Obi's playing like how he was playing timid and scared and passive. Like he's actually incorporated in the office now. Offense now. He doesn't seem to be lost. He's right. getting put back dunks and. Getting key rebounds and passing it back out. He's 
running in tra- in, in in transition to get right. wide open layups, and they they keep missing him. I just don't I don't understand why he's getting taken out to bring in someone who's not contributing right now to the team. Win. And and that's that's a note that I had is I on. quickly only played thirteen minutes. Two more than Obi, who played eleven minutes, and both right. of them were playing well. But yet you have I have a note here that says. Alfred Payton in the game with two minutes and 30 left. On cue, Clyde says, and why? Because of his defense. I laugh audibly because Alfred Payton does not play no goddamn defense <laughs> at all. Um, I'm not going to say that. He, he does not play off-ball defense at all. The defense, like, you, you know how you were saying, oh, you're so worried about, RJ's worried about team defense? Mm-hmm. I feel like Alfred Payton is worried about who's got the ball and leaves his man wide open no matter who his man is. And then mm-hmm. our defense ends up getting – and it's every single time. I really have no idea why he, he why he's out here. Um, and then I said that, and um, he ends up hitting a, 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 a clutch three in this game. I thought it was the Brooklyn game, but it was the Boston when game. When the game was already that. over. I mean – no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it we thought it was over. The Knicks ended up coming, you know, coming, uh, getting to within three. Uh, Jalen Brown had thirty-one points by, you know, at a certain point with oh, with one minute and two seconds left in the game. Um, R.J. Barrett tied the game after that with a three-pointer. Then Marcus Smart made Reggie Bullock uh, pay. Reggie Bullock went to lead, went to help out on defense. Marcus Smart was left wide open. Hit knocks down the three. 96-93 uh, Boston. And then um So you know how in the last game I was like, "Yo, I wish Alec Burks would have taken that three-point shot." Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like Thibodeau was like, "Yeah, you know what? I should have probably made Alec Burks our closer." And Alec Burks went out there. He, I don't think he was having that good of a game. He turns the ball over, um, trying to drive to what is he? Let me see what I have. He bricked the three point a three point shot badly, and then he got a shot blocked by Jalen Brown on a fast break, which ended the game. So any opportunity the Knicks had to win that game died with Alec Burks being the guy um, that they gave the ball to instead of R.J. Barrett, who R.J. Like that's why I said. R.J. Barrett should have had more than 30 points in this game because why, right? Why, like, why Why not? <laughs> why, why, why are you not giving it to the guy who's hot? Why are you not giving it to the guy who's leading, the, leading your team in points? Why are you not giving it to the guy who, you know what I mean? If you take Alfred Payton off of the court and put quickly somebody else who's playing good. Why put your three-point shooters, give him a lane. Tibbs, why are you not doing this for you for you for for the best player on on your team right now? Yes, Julius Randle is the best player on our team, but he's been struggling. Let RJ get that shot. And he didn't. Burks turned, you know, turns the ball over, you know, and the Celtics go up 99-93 with 11 seconds left. They finally give RJ the ball to end the game. He hits a buzzer-beating three-pointer. So just to tease you, like, yeah, if you would have given me the shot, I would. we would have tied it up. 
And then they could have given him the ball or given Burks the ball to win the game or, or to tie the game or whatever. It's just we'll, we'll get back to that. But you got any more thoughts on this Boston game? The think, game ended 101-99. This game at halftime was when I was thinking, like, if Alfred Payton comes back at halftime in, in the third quarter and still plays after the half he just had in the first quarter where he kept turning the ball over again, his shit punched over and over, I'm like, what more does Tibbs need to see to see that Alfred Payton isn't going to work? He probably and then he comes back in the second half and he actually contributes a little bit. And then I see that he, he's starting in the third quarter and I'm just like, all right. It's, it's something more to what's happening right now that Tibbs is starting Alfred Payton. Because I feel like in order for this team to have any shot in the playoffs, he feels like we need Alfred Payton. To be our starting point guard. We're not going to be winning with Derrick Rose's starting point guard. Probably because of injury purposes. But I told and you what I think it is. What? <clears throat> I, told, I told you that he wants to have Rose and Quickly come off the bench together. Like, it's not a good reason to us. It, Rose should be starting. But the bench is what wins us the game a lot of the time this year. though. So I, I, I can't say that that's really something it's, it's to dismiss. Key, it's, it's, it's a player or two. Because there's a lot of games where it comes down to like the fourth quarter and the Knicks hold or extend the lead with Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett. Um, it was Mitchell Robinson, but between Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel and Taj Gibson, those three, one of those three have to be on the court, whether they starting or on the bench. And then we were just talking about, all right, we're putting in Reggie Bullock. Or Alec Burks, one of those two have to be on, you know, whether they, no matter who's starting, because they both started, there's been Reggie Bullock, but whether you have Reggie Bullock out there or whether you have Alec Burks, and then we're just talking about the fifth guy, and the fifth guy should be quickly, should be Derrick Rose. The only guy that we're really complaining about why he's out there at the end of games is Alfred Payton. And we've got, we've started slow a lot of games with Elvin Payton starting. So I don't I don't get it. I get I get that you'd want quickly and Rose to come out together, but you can you can finagle the know. minutes. <laughs> you can finagle the minutes to, to, to have them play together and f- Throw Frank in there. You know what I mean? I, I, he, I, I think what it is is he thinks that Alfred is better than Frank. And that's why he's getting his, getting the minutes that he's getting. No, uh, he doesn't trust Alec he Burks. He doesn't trust Alec Burks to, to run the point for whatever reason. And Frank is not – he's just not aggressive. He needs a point guard who need, who's going to be a threat. And Frank came when he was in the rotation and he was playing because Alfred was hurt. There was a lot of times where Frank would be wide open and he's not even looking to shoot. And I know that just drives Tibbs crazy. He's going to drill it into Frank to be aggressive. And once Frank understands that, I feel like that's when he's going to become a starting five-point guard. He's going to be starting over Alfred Payton no matter what. Like, if Frank was just aggressive because he has the defensive side down pat. He knows what he's doing on defense. If he can just be aggressive and still be, the, like, an all-around point guard like how he knows how to be, he, Tibbs is not going to have any use for Alfred Payton anymore because he got Emmanuel quickly able to come off the bench and drop 25 if you need him to. 
That's what I think it really is because Alfred Payton is expendable after the third quarter is done. He doesn't Tibbs isn't he doesn't trust Alfred in the fourth quarter unless the bench isn't isn't on fire unless it quickly. I don't if, understand if how he trusts. I don't understand how he trusts Alfred in any quarter because it's not like when Alfred Payton. When, uh, the only time that we start off, the only time we start off like gangbusters coming out. With Alfred Payton starting is when we're playing bum ass teams like the Pistons. Every time we play a good team, we start slow. You know what I mean? Or we're barely keeping up. We barely keeping up. And then when when uh, quickly or Rose comes in, that's when we actually start to really play. But nine times out of ten, we don't start well with him. We don't finish win well with him. There's, there's he's playing a little bit better now, but I. I don't see why Alfred Payton comes out, and I'm st- I'm I'm done talking about because we're gonna talk about him every week probably because we keep complaining about him. So I'm just gonna go from Payton that. ended this game, and you see in the very next game, which we're gonna tra- which we're gonna segue to right now with the Grizzlies. The reason nah, why nah, I'm not I'm not done with this Celtics game. You not Celtics uh-huh. had no. Point guard, and we still couldn't take advantage of that, right? No, we were taking we got, advantage of it, but they they stuck in the game with Tatum and Brown being superstars. Like we were winning the majority of this game, and when we when we in the final seconds when we had the game tied up, Reg, Reggie Bullock went to go and double Tatum for no reason when when Randall had him, and that left Marcus Smart wide open for a three. That's where the game changed right there. And then RJ came and turned the ball over, foul, and then boom, we down five. That's where Bullock. the game ended right there. That's Bullock exactly where Marcus, the game ended. Bullock left Marcus Smart like ESPN left Paul Pierce. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. I, I, don't, I don't like how companies could just fire you because you doing shit that you do, but it's on camera. Like... You feel like Paul Pierce deserved to get fired because of that? It's not. Like, it's not about y'all niggas not, not about own deserve. Paul Pierce. It's not like what he does reflects the company. He's not on ESPN doing nothing. He's at home chilling, smoking a blunt with some chicks. Like, what's up? You think well, I, he's <laughs> nobody else at ESPN does this? Like, so, I don't understand. So, yeah, how does like, this affect ESPN in any way? So. ESPN anchor and former Boston Celtic legend Paul Pierce Instagrammed himself smoking a blunt with uh, some uh, some 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 Instagram models or some 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 thotties. <laughs> yeah, I had some chicks, you know, twerking in the background, and he decided that he was gonna, you know, put that out there. And uh, the reason for that is not because he did it; it's because he promoted it as a. Um, he is a representative of ESPN, which is under Disney, which, yeah. Um, Can I ask you a question? What's up? You think the head people at Disney ain't doing wild shit? It's not about that. It's not about that. It's about the. It's about what you. You think they would get fired and? It's about how all you the type of shit if they get caught up. It's about how doing you Jeffrey Epstein type shit. It's about how you represent yourself in the public. And Instagram is a public space. And it's, they're not saying, yo, Paul Pierce, you can't do that. They're saying you can't promote it like that because we're going to have to let you go. 
If, if you Stephen A. Smith Paul goes Pierce, out, if Stephen A. Smith you, goes out and does the same thing, they definitely gonna fire him. They're gonna rehire him after about a, you know a couple would weeks. Never, they, would. they would never dare. Stephen A. runs ESPN. They Nothing. Would. If Steve, if Stephen A. is not a part of ESPN no more, they stock is dropping. They would never in a million years be that stupid. They don't have competition like that. Like to to huh? They don't have competition like that that they're gonna worry. Like now, if Stephen A. Smith goes to one of these other stations, then if, if Stephen A. goes to SNY with Skip, it's over, bro. Like nobody's watching ESPN because they feel like they're the best sports network. They, they still got Sports Center. They still got you know the Thirty for Thirty and all that. You know they. Stephen A's doing Sports Center. Doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter, he bro. He got like four shows on ESPN. You know how much money they're making off his back? It doesn't matter, bro. They, uh, it's, it, it's, it's Steve SPN. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, That's Paul, his shit. They Paul, would never. And if you're going to fire Paul Pierce for anything, fire him because he has horrible sports takes. <laughs> Not because he's chilling in the crib smoking a blunt. Like, come on. He don't represent ESPN. He ain't having no ESPN pin on when he was going live. That's Paul Pierce. He a legend before and after y'all. Like, have some respect. That's what I hate about this corporate world. Like, niggas is, they just want to make it seem like you, uh, we own you. Anything you do outside of here reflects on us. Like, dog, I'm Paul Pierce. Put some respect on my name. They know me before they know you. I mean, I don't... I, I don't know. I, I I spoke my piece. He and I don't even like a, Paul Pierce. I don't like Paul Pierce either. I I probably hate him more than you do. You know what I mean? I I remember when he was torturing us as Knicks. You know, torturing us Knicks fans anytime he played. The I remember Knicks. when we bust his ass in the first round, made him ass <laughs> get shipped off to Brooklyn. I remember that. <laughs> I remember but, that. Yeah, I, I just have a deep hatred for Paul Pierce. And I, Only thing I liked about Paul Pierce was his reputation and him calling game in Washington at the end of his career. And then when he tried to get a, a farewell tour and everybody dubbed his shit. <laughs> 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 you ain't Kobe. Oh, man. That was so disrespectful. But anyway, all right. So now we're going to move on to. We're going to move on to. I don't even to, like him. Uh, 4-9, Memphis came to the Garden, played the Knicks. Uh, Memphis came into this last game with a, on a four-game winning streak. Knicks came into this game. We lost three of the last four. Um, I'm not going to lie. This was one of those games that I was like, oh, man, I don't know. It's, I, They were not playing particularly well, but they – they had that fire where I was like, "I, right, I think that this is one of those games where they're gonna fight." And it wasn't like that Mavs game. I, I didn't come into it like that Mavs game. I was, I was like, "All right, I think that they're gonna keep it close, even if they go down by double digits." I, I, I still think that they're gonna make this a game, and they look like they had that fight in them tonight. And they, they, they did. <laughs> they definitely I ain't had that lie. fight. I wasn't confident watching this game. Like, I I knew Memphis was balling, but I hadn't watched them all year. And I'm thinking, like, this is a game we should win. And then when I realized, like, who they had on this team, Desmond Bain and all these guys who I wanted them John to, Morant. who I wanted us to draft, John Morant's there. And I'm just like, I, Jonas Valanciunas is balling this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, damn. I was a little skeptical coming in. 
And then once I saw how, like, the Grizzlies were on a streak where they were scoring, like, crazy and on a five-game winning streak, I think, and we on a losing streak, I'm feeling like we coming in here in the first quarter is going to determine a lot. It's going to determine how much they want this game. And in the first quarter, they look like dog shit, and I'm just like, yeah, it's going to be a long night. And I think going into the fourth quarter, let me see, hold on. Because I remember when we started to make the comeback, I'm thinking like, damn, we about to head for another tough loss. And yeah. then, because RJ and Julius Randle was both cold the whole game up until the last quarter. Yeah, we came into the quarter down. Um, the, the very first thing that happened in the quarter, Tyus Jones drove to the layup, drove to the lane for a layup. Um, Memphis went up 92-83. We made it a little bit of a game. I think we brought it to within one. And then that might have been the third quarter I'm thinking of, actually. We were down 10 for a lot, and then we went on a big run. Yeah, at the end of the third quarter, we went on a run. We went on a big run. And Julius, um, not Julius, actually, yeah. Sparked by the bench. We're going to, yeah, sparked by Obi Toppin. Obi. Sparked by Manuel Quickly. Derek Rose. These yep. dudes was balling. Derrick Rose was the, was was the only player that was playing well in the first half. Yeah. Um, second half started Obi working. Was getting them clutch rebounds, the putbacks. Right. R.J. Barrett it wasn't really having that great of a game. I think he only had um, ten points. You know, leading into the fourth quarter. Um. But quickly, like I said, quickly Rose. And Toppin, they had they had the Knicks on their back, and in the fourth quarter they ran, they started this run. I was like, okay, it looks like it's gonna be a game. It looks like it's gonna be a game. R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle come back. I'm like, okay, yeah. So Julius Randle actually was having a pretty bad game coming into that fourth quarter, and when he and R.J. came out, I was like, hmm. RJ's not playing that bad, so I want to see what he does in this fourth. I was a little, I was a little scared to see Julius out there. Um, he was not shooting well, and then he was hitting some shots. RJ started hitting some shots. Alec Burks was hitting some shots, and RJ put this team on his back again in that fourth yeah. quarter. Um, I'm gonna look back. I'm gonna look back at. at some of the um at some of the points. Alec Burtz hit some free throws. Alec Burtz hit some free throws. Julius Randle hits a free throw. So the Knicks were down 110-112. 37 seconds left in the game. I'm sorry. Knicks were down 109-112. Give RJ the ball. Goes over the three point line, does a little pump fake, gets his man off on, gets his man off his feet. RJ's like, I've been waiting for this. Shoots a shot, gets fouled, three free throws. Swish, all three, all three. That's how. Now it you, now it floated in the rim. Our fa- our father, our our collective father was like. Do you think he's going to hit all all three free throws? And I said without hesitation, absolutely. He said if he hits all three, and you know how you know how 
he's going out front. But you heard, heard how our father was talking, you know, early in the season. Our father was a big Julius Randle fan before us, and we were like, he was ass last season. But Saying it's that. about he RJ. Talking crazy about RJ. Talking crazy. He's like, oh, if he hits all three of these, yeah, I, he, he's going to be my guy. All three weren't. All three weren't. weren't <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> they didn't do that. But he hit all three just like I thought he would. Tied it up. Then we fouled John Morant. John Morant misses a free That's throw. One to foul. He was bricking from the free throw line. Hit. Yeah, he was what three for six in the last his last six free throws. Hits a second. Right. Julius Randle misses an eight foot turnaround. Then Taj Gibson fouls Valanciunas. I'm like, here we go with the bullshit. Nick's trying to give away the game. I at this point I was like, this is gonna be that. This is gonna be one of those games where it's like, yeah, they put up a fight, but they they're not gonna finish because Julius is is tired, all that shit. Valanciunas hits the first one, mm-hmm. misses the second one. Oh mm-hmm. shit, we're only down two, not three. Mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett. Gets the rebound, hits the fast break. He skied for that rebound. He jumped. Like, he made sure to grab that rebound. He said, oh, jaws on me, keep him on me. Yeah, he kept slow deceleration, acceleration. And let me. Hold on, jaws still on me, bucket. And let me point this out. Let me point this out. On the fast break, RJ does not get that bucket if IQ ain't out there. Yeah. Because. They could have, they could have, they could have, they could have crowded the paint, yep. but because Julius Randle could hit, because quickly could hit, because because Burks could hit, and because Taj can do a little jump, uh, do a little long jump shot. Maybe. Actually, Nerland, everybody on the court. Yeah, so they respected everybody. He got. Uh, John Morant, the guy who was picked one spot ahead of him in the draft, mm-hmm. he got mm-hmm. him. He's like, "Yo, you're not stronger than me, kid." <laughs> Take hold his shoulder and gets a little, gets the little layup, ties yeah. it up. Yo, this game was so much fun. This game was so much fun because it goes into overtime, and RJ continues his little his little play. Knicks take the lead. He hits. RJ hits some. Uh, what did he hit? He hit a three point. Julius pointer. hit a clutch three that put us up three. Yep. Julius hit a clutch Once, three. Once we started hitting no shots, I felt like we had a chance to win this game. Yep. And then once I started to believe, they started balling even more and they started to believe and then boom. Took one at the garden in overtime. With Alec Burks, Alec Burks, who was playing like dog shit in, in, before the overtime game. Alec Burks came him. in and he took over. He yeah. started hitting some shots. I think he was yeah. like two for ten going into overtime. And yeah. he ended the game five for 15. So he. And we don't win that game without him. We don't win that game without him. He hit, he hit some big plays. We don't win it without R.J. Barrett, who hit That's a 20. That's why you can't just look at the stat sheet all day. You've got to watch the games. R.J. Barrett hit a, hit a clutch three with a minute 15 left in the game. Uh, Alec Burks hits a layup after that, and that pretty much seals the game with 26 seconds left in the game. Um, the game ends 133-129 Knicks on Alec, Alec Burks and R.J. Barrett and um, and uh, Julius Randle heroics. Now, and quickly and top in heroics. Let's not forget them because they sparked that comeback. 
Yeah, Toppin had an amazing putback dunk that that helped us regain some of our composure, and yep. um, had a key rebound too. Yep. So I, I'm going to speak on something because that that basically ends the recap. But the last thing I'm going to say that in this game, um, Frank Nilakina became the 11th man to come off the bench and came so in for Emmanuel quick and. I am. I'm a little hot, right? Uh. You don't bring him out in Brooklyn. You don't bring him out in Boston. You don't bring him out in any of these games that you, that we. You don't bring him out in Dallas. In similar situations too, because a lot of these a lot of these games were close losses. We lost the last couple games by, what, four points? Mm-hmm. Um, and when we need a defensive stop, you don't throw Frank out there at all. And matter of fact, we didn't even speak on this. In the Brooklyn game, Alfred Payton is, gets put on Kyrie. Says, yo, don't even send that double team over here. I got him one-on-one. And then mm-hmm. fucking Kyrie splashes in his face. Yeah. You don't put Frank in, in that in that moment. But now you want to put him in. Like, don't tease me, bro. Don't tease me, Thibs. Don't tease me with a, a 4.5 seconds left in the game. We throwing Frank Nolakini out there for defense. But you don't want to put him in, in any of the other games that we needed to win. We were two games under 500 before this game. Why are you waiting Tibbs, until... Go ahead. I don't think Tibbs does things like that for no reason. I think, or I'm just, maybe I'm just wishful thinking. I'm hoping that, like, he's doing this to keep Frank ready, to keep him prepared. Because he didn't have to put him in at the end of the game. He could have just put Alfred in and he wasn't would, fouled out, but I, he put I, Frank in the game. So does, he's making make sure s- Frank is ready to come in the game and maybe he's preparing him to get back into the rhythm of playing with these guys because maybe he's expecting for Frank to be big in a playoff stretch coming through. It just doesn't make sense to me because you have to get to the playoffs before you have a big playoff game. You understand? Like, if you're going to throw Frank in there for big playoff games, you have to have him come out for these regular season games. You can't. But you do because the Knicks were in eighth place. Or or was it even ninth place? They were they were in play in territory and they can still get knocked out of that. Like it's not it's not a given that the Knicks are going to be in the play-ins at this point. It's not a given. So you can't afford to lose these games against the Brooklyn Nets. You can't afford to lose these games against the Boston Celtics. You can't afford like you maybe you can lose one, but you can't lose all of them. We lost to the Mavs, we lost to the Nets, and we lost to the Celtics. I like that we brought him out. I'm happy we brought him out in this game, but you should have been doing this because these were all important games. It wasn't just this one. So are we playing to win or are we playing not to lose? Because I was under the understanding that we playing these guys, Julius Randle, who looks like he's hurt, is saying he's not. And I hope he's lying. Because if he's not lying, then that means that either he's fallen off. He's tired. Or, or he's tired like dog shit. Like he's tired. He's tired as a motherfucker. And I don't like either one of those. I would rather it just be like his... Thighs a little sore and, you know, just rub it out a little bit. After, give him a couple games rest and he'll be back and he'll be back to all-star. But if he's tired 
okay, that that also works. I don't. I hope to God that it's not that he's because he's looking like shit in the first half. It's not like oh he's playing well and then he's tired because no, like he's playing like shit. The only game he played well is against the Pistons. It's the only game out of this whole stretch where I felt like Julius Randle played like Julius Randle from the beginning of the first half. What was the other game that he played well? He had like two he, in this stretch. He had two triple doubles and two triple doubles. He looked, he played like shit, except for maybe a one quarter stretch. I completely disagree. I feel like you can play well and still shoot bad from the field. You don't have to shoot bad in order to play well because there's so many guys when they play when they when, they, when they're not playing well. They're not getting no triple-double. They're not getting rebounds. They're not getting assists. He's still the engine of this offense. Even if he's yeah. not scoring and making all these points, he's still getting other guys open. He's still passing the ball off to other guys. He did have stretches where he was back to last year, but he was able to maintain and come back from those things in the same game. I wouldn't call these games where he had triple-doubles but had a, a, a low field goal percentage bad games. It's I would just not say just about the field the goal percentage a, to me, French. A, if it was just the field goal percentage to me, for me, then I would agree with you. But he's not playing good defense. Yeah, were, yeah, yeah. They're, he's they're, definitely not playing defense, but I feel he's like not, that's it, it has he's, either to do with him being He's not playing good defense. Athletic. He's not, he's not, like, he's not hustling. You know what I mean? And, yes, you're right. The offense is running through him. And teams are and I but and I think the reason he's getting these assists is because teams are cognizant of what he can do if you just leave him to his own devices. But a lot of these turnovers or almost turnovers are 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 a sketch, and he's not helping because he's not getting back on defense. I don't remember which game it was, but it was definitely old Julius where he got he probably did get fouled. But instead of going back, he allowed the fast break to happen where he could have he could if he just ran back and we it would not have been an open open field goal and they ended up scoring. And I was but like, you see on, that with star players all the time. They have to conserve. Their no, energy. you're right. You're right. But it's too when you're already not playing defense like there's too many times where it's a half court set and Julius can just make that step. And that's why I'm hoping that it's that he's just hurt because his effort, if it's not, if it's not that he's hurt, he's not even making the effort to try in the first half of games to try. You can't tell me that it's because he's dog tired because it's the first half. Third quarter. I right, cool. Fourth quarter, all right, cool. In the first half, you're not even trying to make that attempt to block a shot. You're not even trying to step over to, to stop the, the drive. Like, Julius, man, you was playing much better defense than that before. So if you hurt, I'll accept that. But you're not going to tell me that you dog tired in quarter one and quarter two. And that's something I'm going to. Tr- I'm going to because you. He could be dog tired in quarter it's one, not, quarter two. Because it's not the NBA in minutes. Because it's not He's one of the to, leaders. It's not back to back games. He played really well in the Detroit Pistons game. So if you if you could do that in the Detroit Pistons game for the whole game. I don't understand how in the first game after you get a whole day's rest, how you not you not you not committed. You're not committed against these big teams. So what so it has to be that you hurt. But anyway, I'm done with my little Julius Randle rant in regards to his lack of defense and he is shooting terribly. It's not it's not even just like a game here and there. For the past two months he's been shooting underneath under fifty percent. And um I'm not going to do it to, it to Julius. 
I'm, no, I'm not I'm doing not it to Julius either. I know this is just a stretch that he he's gonna come back from this and be better. This Julius Randle needs to right now. Julius Randle needs to take whatever rest he needs to take, and hopefully that's what that's all it is. He needs to take rest to heal, to stop being so tired. Whatever it is, he needs to take a couple games because we need him. We need him to win some of these games at the end of this. Because, like I said before. There's not a guarantee that we're going to be in the playoffs or the play-ins if we keep losing. We're going to be before the before before this Memphis game, we were we were, had six losses in our last ten games. Now we're back at 500 in our last ten games. We need to be above 500 so that we can get back to that six seed, seven seed kind of area, which I don't want to be seven seed either. But I would rather we be seven seed. We could win our next two games. Next three games, honestly, we play the uh, yeah, Raptors, let's... Lakers, and Pelicans, and the first two games are at home. Is the Raptors game a given? I think so. They 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 kicked the shit out out of us last game. I'm pretty sure we remember that. That's why I'm asking if the Raptors game is a given. The Lakers, they're really hurt, so we should win that game. Pelicans. We sh- the Raptors are playing right now. It's going to be a back to back. The last time we played a team that was on a back to back, we lost that game. This is not the Brooklyn Nets. I'm just saying, bro. Like you can't, you can't. They like eight games in the 500. They still have talent on that team, and, and at this point, I. At this point, I kind of feel like, all right, you guys have started playing to a point to now I have to just watch to see what you do in the first two quarters before I automatically say you guys are going to win this game. Um, you know, or, you know what I mean? Like, there's times where they're coming out and they're looking like they don't even care. And that's not the team that we come to know. But now, like, all right, I, there's enough consistency in the last week or so. I was concerned the last week and I kind and this week we lost three of our five games. Um, you, they have to play better. They have to play better. Um, I'm not really so concerned. I, so I don't already talked about Julius. I talked about Frank. Um, I touched on Thibodeau. But before I speak more on Thibodeau, we're going to talk about Obi and quickly. Um, I, I'm going to give Obi his props, man. I'm going to give Obi his props. He's been coming like out and he's been playing. Saying. He's been coming he out and he's been playing. He wouldn't be able but, to do what he's doing right now if he didn't have those stretches where he was playing bad in the fourth quarter against Philly. I don't know if I agree with that. I, I think that... Um, got to learn. I didn't mean to interrupt the guy. I think that his timing has gotten a lot better. And um, the Knicks are actually running shit for him to actually succeed. So... That's why he's playing better, and I think that if the Knicks keep doing what they're doing, then all right, yeah, it'll be good. I still have some concerns as far as what his future is going to be, but he's actually earning earning his playing spot right now. I don't know if he, I still don't know if he's earned it over Kevin Knox and Frank Milikina. I still think that they probably should be playing ahead of him, or if they come out and play bad, then you put Obi in, but. I'm not mad at it right now. And if he keeps playing like this, then 
I'm good with it. Um, I don't even think they're running plays for him. I'm thinking he's just getting it in the flow of the game. Well, a lot of it is him getting putbacks and him um, just effort plays and him making passes and stuff like that. Good screens. Um, right. So he is doing stuff. I just don't know that the minutes that he was getting before are the reason why he's able to play this well now because this is, this is, he's, he, I don't see any real difference between how he's playing in preseason and how he's just been playing recently. He has Um, to get comfortable on the court with these guys. He has to build the chemistry with it. Yeah. They not, you think these guys are practicing how tired they looking on the court right now in every game? They not practicing. This is the only practice time they get. So he has to be on the court playing with these people in order for them to have a real rhythm and and chemistry going into the playoffs. Because you think uh, when the playoffs come, like Obi Top is still going to be playing a, a bunch of. He's not going to be. He's not going to be playing a lot if he's playing bad. I, I don't. I don't know what they're going to do because there's nothing for us to really base it on. Like our bench is it, the reason why we're going to be in the playoffs. Uh, who's going to in the playoffs? Who's going to be our bench unit? The same five that we got off the bench now. That's why With it's Obi. a ten man rotation. But you just said that Obi's not going to play. I if said he's if bad. he's playing bad. Right. And if you're going to – I'd rather get all the bad games out now during the regular season than in the playoffs. You think you think that if Obi Toppin is playing bad, somebody else is going to fill his spot? Yeah. In the same game? Yeah. In the same game? Yes. It's not going to happen. You know what's going to happen? That All his minutes are going to go to um, Taj Gibson or uh, Norvell Pell or one of them other big men, you know – and then it's not even going to be Novell Pell because it's probably going to be the next game. But in that same game, Norvell that Pell his is not his going ahead of Kevin Knox. <laughs> if Obi comes out, Knox comes in. Okay. Next man up. Well, 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 it's not going to be in the same game. Is what I'm saying. I think T- is. Tibbs is going to make whatever. All right, whoever was already playing, he's going. He's going. If Obi comes out, game one in the playoffs, it's going to be Derrick Rose. It's going to be Emmanuel Quickly. It's going to be Alec Burks. It's going to be Obi Toppin, and that's going to be it. It's probably not gonna. It may be Taj Gibson, but I, he, he's not gonna play nobody else. So if Obi comes out and he stinks it up, Nate, Kevin Knox ain't coming out. He ain't gonna play in the playoffs. He Obi's gonna have to show that he sucks in game one. For Kevin Knox to play in game two, maybe. I don't think so. Okay. Well, I think I think he trusts Kevin Knox as insurance for guys who aren't playing well because he he knows that Kevin Knox can come in, hit a few threes and change the whole I, I but this is the, why I'm like the whole this, game. this is why I'm saying like Obi shouldn't it shouldn't be like it shouldn't be about getting Obi out there for important games now because I think that Kevin what Kevin Knox brings is way more important than what Obi Toppin brings in a playoff setting. Long term in a playoff setting for this season. Obi should be getting big minutes. Should be like he should have played more against the Pistons. Right? He's still going for long term. And yeah, I agree. And in this in this Memphis game, I don't have a problem with him playing in this Memphis game because there had been evidence in the previous games that he's been playing well. But if you coming into a game, if you coming into a game and you've been playing like shit, like this is the second half of the season, and we are. I'm gonna look up where we are in the standings, but our our position is precarious. You can't. You have to give those minutes to somebody who's gonna help you win. And if he's not helping not you win, that. if he's not helping you win, you're sacrificing playoffs 
for his development. And unless you think he's going to be a starter on this team, I don't see. I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth it. We so right him now, eighth overall. What do you mean? It doesn't we gotta matter. See. We got to see. We got to build for the long term. What is the playoffs this year going to achieve for us? Is We're not he going to be year. a starter? Do you see him being a starter on this? I'm team? not putting a ceiling on him. Okay. I well, want to see I, what we have. I, I'm not going to judge a rookie based off what he's doing just because he's playing like a rookie. He's got to. He got to overcome that. I'd rather Listen, him overcome it in a regular season and get his rhythm and chemistry with the teammates that he has in order to get to the playoffs. If we don't make it to the playoffs, it's not the end of the world. We'd be in a lottery again. You have to but we know that we have a formula destined for the future. You can't just keep saying, I'm not going to put a ceiling. You can't. If you're not going to put a ceiling on anything, then we, you know, what are we talking about? You have to put a Why ceiling put at a some ceiling point. There is enough What's minutes. What's your ceiling for him? There's enough minutes of Obi Toppin playing for me to say that he's not going to be a starter on this team. Unless Ju- unless Julius Randle leaves, he's not going to be a starter on this team. Julius not, could become the five. He's not going to be a starter on this team. If he's not going to be a starter on this team, is uh, unless Julius Randle. Uh, all right, well, I'll give it to you. Julius Randle becomes five, which means Mitchell Ran- which Mitch- <clears throat> means Mitchell Robinson is going to go somewhere else or whatever, right? And on top of that, even just because he's not a starter, doesn't mean he's not going to be valuable to the team. I agree with you. He is. He could be the sixth man of the year every year. I think he's going to be. I think he is going to be valuable to this team because I think he has stuff to bring. But I do think that he is capped. I don't think that. I from what I see from him athletically, which is what his game is based on. His game is based on his athleticism. It's not based on his his touch. It's not based on his ability to hit a jump shot. He has to develop his his ability uh, an ability to hit the jump shot. But even if he does, he's not going to be. I need to how see more. How do you know? I need I need to see. <laughs> That's I need what I'm see, saying. Well, I'll we tell you. We got to see him I'll play. Tell you, I tell you. I'll tell you why. Because we, I said in the last podcast, Frank Nelikina had a better rookie season than Obi Toppin, which I still he think also holds played him. a lot more. I still think. Yeah, but Obi's, and he was on a team that wasn't headed nowhere, right. so he had but opportunities even if, to just even show if that, what he could do. Even if that team was headed somewhere, it would be because Frank was playing so well defensively. Like there wasn't a whole like. I'm not like, comparing I'm not, them too because they didn't have the same type of minutes. If you're going to compare me, compare him with anyone rookie season, it got to be someone who's only been playing ten minutes a game. He's only been playing ten minutes a game because he's been bad. That's no, the thing. He he's would only get been more... playing ten minutes a game because Julius Randle's an All Star. That's not true. That's not true, bro. Mean? He's had he's had a ton of sh- of bad games where he's going out. He couldn't defend. He <laughs> couldn't hit a shot. He they the Knicks. To to be fair, the Knicks weren't putting him in a position to succeed either. But he ha- he he has only been getting ten minutes a game or less because he's calling out and he hasn't played well. He's had and multiple when he does play well, how much games. minutes does he get? He gets still gets he gets more than ten. He's got he's gotten no, 10, no, no, 11, no, no. 12. He gets eleven minutes. That's it. That's all he gets. Because Julius Randle's an all star. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue I'm not gonna argue about this for too long because I don't think it matters either way. I think even with Julius Randle being an all star, you can find minutes for Obi Toppin at the five, especially with Mitchell Robinson no, being, especially with Mitchell Robinson being hurt. You could, and. Not and, if you want to have the best defensive team in the NBA. Obi Toppin cannot be your five. You need Taj Gibson. And, that, and, and that's we're what not going to say he's going to be the same defensively as Taj Gibson is. And we're not going to say that. What I'm saying is, so you can only play him his, at four right now. His cap is going to be based on what he can do as a jump shooter, and 
that Obi Toppin with a jump shot. Maybe he becomes a starter. Maybe it's dangerous. R.J. Barrett with a jump shot is here, dangerous. Here's here's what I'm gonna say. R.J. Barrett, even when he played bad last year, I knew he was gonna be a starter on this team, you know, without question. There's no there was no reason. He, he was just missing a thing here and there, and he had the drive to do it. Mitchell Robinson, I always knew he was gonna be a starter on this team, right? Julius Randle. I'm talented enough. He just was boneheaded, and that's why I didn't like him. But if he played, if I, I always knew if he played well enough, he would be a starter on this team. Obi Toppin hasn't shown me anything to show me that he deserves to be a starter on this team. If we draft another forward or if we draft other guys, I feel like they are going to be ahead of him on the pecking order. So uh, some of these guys would have to leave in order for Obi to be a starter on this team. So why... Like we can develop he him, doesn't sure. Have to be a starter, he could be a star okay. off the bench. But what I'm saying is, don't give him the, don't give him minutes against the Sixers and the Nets and the games that we have to we have to win. Don't if he's been playing bad, which he had been at the time. He's been playing bad. Why are you giving him minutes? Give minutes to the guys who are going to help you win the games. Don't don't don't. See, we have to. Day. Yeah, I'm just saying. Don't don't. Don't don't say oh we have to develop him and he has to be in these games if you don't if you can't tell me in the playoffs he's guaranteed to play because he's good enough to play he's not good enough to play you in the playoffs. Can't say that about any else anyone else behind him. Can you say guarantee you know Kevin Knox is going to play if he's playing right now? No. I think cuz he's Kev- he's erratic. I think Kevin yeah they all erratic but Kevin Knox gives you more when he's when he's hot. When he when he's out there than Obi Toppin does 9 times out of 10. When he's Frank hot. Nil- Frank Nilakino. When he's always- not hot, he he doesn't bring anything. Frank Nilakino always gives good defense. So when he's not in foul trouble, the the only real question mark. Okay, if, even if you want to say Kevin Knox is a question mark, he's no less a question mark than Obi Toppin is. Frank Nilakino, at least you know what you're getting when he goes out there. He might score, he might not score, but he's going to defend. So why isn't he in front of Obi Toppin? That's easy to say when you've ba- when we've barely seen Obi Toppin this year. If we gave Obi Toppin 30 minutes a game, he probably looks 100% different from how he looks right now. And we haven't seen that yet because he hasn't been able to get into that rhythm yet. He has to, He went from being college player of the year to getting 10 minutes a game in the NBA. And we surprised that he looks bad. No, he looks bad, and that's why he's getting... He was getting less than 10 that's minutes a game true. for a bit. All right, he was listen, getting... Next, he was playing next, good in the beginning of the season, and he was still getting that, that much minutes in the game. He wasn't playing much. Next part, next part, I'm gonna pull his stats up for you. All right, we go. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna transition to the other rookie, Emmanuel Quickly, who actually was playing bad, and but because he had, because he had evidence of playing really good minutes and actually determining games for this team, which is something Obi Toppin has not done. Emmanuel Quickly he just did it last game. What do you mean? It was him and Emmanuel Quickly, and they took him out the game, and we won. So. Quickly, <laughs> so quickly was going through a really tough stretch, and the last couple of games he's figured it out. He's played well. He shot really well, and last I've been wondering for a couple of games why isn't quickly out there? Why is Alfred Payton? And finally, Thibodeau decided, all right, I'm gonna stop with this Alfred Payton madness. Put quickly in at the end of the game, and we got the victory. Um. You got anything you want to say about Quickly's, uh, you know, his recent spurt? Basically, you we we knew this was going to happen. He was going to come back. He was going to hit his shots. He's going to uh, his floater no, still a little off. No, he got better. 
His float is a little off. He got better as a passer for sure. No, he got better as an all-around player in these last He's few years. He's gotten better as a I've defender. He's not just going to the paint and... Mm-hmm. Like he's not be- being predictable like how he was before. Him at his best before isn't better than what he's becoming right now because he's actually going to the paint and laying the ball up actually instead of doing these floaters from the free throw line every play or right. automatically shooting the ball just because he has a little space in the paint. He's actually making better decisions as a point guard and he's becoming a better all around player and that's what I'm noticing mostly from Emmanuel quickly outside. Of- we already know he can shoot. We know he has a mean floater, and we know, like, he's going to end up being the point guard of this team. But he still has to become a point guard. He's still he, he's still more of a scorer than a point guard, and I feel like that's what he's developing in this last stretch of games that I've noticed. I, I can't disagree with you, man. He's been playing He's been playing a lot better. I think a couple of games um, – he was playing better, but his shot just wasn't falling. These last couple of games, his shot has definitely been falling. And he, I think he should have been playing more in fourth quarters. But I guess Thibodeau was a little scared with how he had been playing before. He wasn't scared last uh, last Still night. Still a rook. He wasn't scared last night. He got out there. He did what he had to do. And the Knicks won. Um, but the reason I wanted to talk about quickly before, uh, you know, I want to talk about Thibodeau and some of his coaching decisions just to wrap up everything. Um, I was worried last week. I saw week. you. I was you worried last week. This one. And I was thinking Thibodeau might, um, he might make some adjustments. And this week he made, he made an adjust, one adjustment in this very last game, where, which we won. I don't understand when you see that what you have been doing isn't working, why you keep going back to it. I don't understand why you throw the same starting lineup and you see that it starts off poorly and you keep throwing it out there. I don't see how you how you see that you're suddenly starting to lose games that you were winning before. And Julius Randle is not playing the same way he has been before, but you're still throwing 35, 38 minutes at him. I don't see how you keep making the same rotations, throwing the same rotations out there that you have been before, and they start not working and you keep doing it. We talk, The reason why I'm ending this podcast talking about Obi, Quickly, Frank, and Julius, because these, all four of these guys are part of the big 15 that Julius Randle um, was mentioning, right? You have to be more creative. You have to play your play best players a little less because they're tired and stop saying like they're gonna they're gonna get us through this because that's what they do. Um you can't you can't keep doing this, Tibbs. You can't. You have to trust you have to trust quickly. If he's part of your rotation, trust that he's gonna trust him just as much as you trust Alfred Payne, who hasn't done shit for you the entire season. Right, he's hit maybe three or four good shots in the pa- in the past four games. Those are the only four good shots that he's had all year. He's statistically he's always been that guy who is whenever he's in the game, the team is losing. When are you going to make an adjustment? Every time quickly's out there, the team plays better. Every time Peyton is out there, the team plays worse. What are you looking at? 
You have so much more evidence of Alfred Payton, but you have we have almost the whole season. When Alfred Payton is not playing, the team is better. When Alfred Payton is playing, the team is worse. Even when Quickly's having a bad game, hey, the Knicks still look good with Quickly on the floor. When you have shooters next to RJ and you have shooters next to Randall, the team looks better. Even when they're playing bad, the team looks better. Can I interrupt? Go ahead. So I can help answer that question. I'm not doubting anything Tibbs has done this season because we have, we are like, it's best, not about doubt. Our best expectations of this team did not have playoffs in it. And he knows what he's doing. This man is a former coach of the year. I didn't say he doesn't know what he he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. So I'm not going to doubt him because I feel but, like if quickly comes into the starting five, then the bench is just going to be bad. If like if Derrick Rose is is cold and Alec Burks is cold, then we have nothing coming off the bench and all our offense is in a starting five. Bro, so that could be good or it could be bad because if Quickly's having a bad night and that's and like bro, we have no recipe to win. We have a, a recipe where we have one of the best benches in the NBA. We have the best chemistry, so that, which led to us having the best defense in the NBA. So bro. I'm not going to really tweak too much with lineups just bro. because of a bad stretch. I keep, I, 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 keep, I keep saying this, but Alfred Payton was out and Knicks won a lot of those games. And now he's back and we're losing a lot of those games. Yeah, I, think that, I think that by, in that stretch it, of games, it, does, it, does, it matters. It, it matters who we were playing against. We, were, we weren't playing anybody that was really good in that stretch of games. Don't tell me you can't. That, that was a stretch of games where we were supposed to win. Don't tell me you're caping for Alfred Payton right now. I'm not caping for Alfred Payton, but I'm I'm being realistic about what type of expectations we had coming into the season. I'm not. I'm listen. I understand that. Listen. When the playoffs listen, get listen, here, you me, need someone with experience to be at this the head of the offense. Let me see. Let me say this. As dog shit as Alfred Payton is, how many? He's the many best these, option as a starting five. How many point guard games, that we have on this team? How many of these games did you look at at the end and you saw how we ended the game and you were not happy with how we ended the game? But that doesn't have nothing to do with the starting five. No, I'm not talking about just the you starting five. You can just five. have quickly end the I'm game. I'm not just talking about the starting five. I'm talking about everything, right? I'm not complaining, right? I want, I want to get this clear. Tom Thibodeau has definitely raised the floor of this team, 100%. But he's raised the floor of this team because he plays every game like it's a playoff game and he plays his best players 38 to 40 minutes a night. And if every team does the same thing, guess what? The Knicks are go you're going to see how much worse the Knicks are against other teams when they start doing the same thing. It's why we lost against Brooklyn. It's why we lost against Philly. That's why we lost That's against the true. Boston Celtics because those teams started they said we're going to play this like it's a playoff game. And the guys that we've been playing every game like it's a playoff game, they can't match it because they've already exerted their energy before that. Julius Randle has or already exerted Or we just don't have a superstar on the team. It it's could be a, just as simple as that. The other teams just have superstars. We've lost, Brooklyn has Kyrie. We've Boston lost, has two. But we've they have lost Jalen to, Brown and Tatum. We've lost teams that were not as good as us, too. And, and they look like dog shit against teams that were not as good as us, too. And it's... There's not many of those games. And what... And what and, all I'm, like is, two, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, there are things that Thibodeau could do to win some of these games that we lost that he hasn't done. 
And I can't I can't keep saying, well, I'm not going to question it because we shouldn't be here anyway. No, you can question shit even if it's better than what it was supposed to be or what you thought it was going to be. We could still question Thibodeau and why why he's not playing one of our best defenders at any point in the game when we need a guy who needs to be locked down because he's hot. We could question why Julius Randle is out there looking like he's limping and he's playing like dog shit and we're still playing him 39 minutes a game. We could still question why um, Alfred Payton is starting and sometimes finishing games when he's not showing that he's doing anything to help the team win. Like, all right, you don't want to question him starting? I understand. It was all about minutes, how many minutes get played. But when he's playing 23 minutes in a bad game and he's ending the game, you could question that. You could question a lot of shit that Thibodeau does. It doesn't mean that he's a bad coach. It doesn't mean that he's a mediocre coach. It just means that he's doing some things that are questionable. And we have a right to be like, yo, why are we doing this? Any team that has had Thibodeau coach, no, the hell we don't. coach those. Any, any, <laughs> Where the any, hell any, were we before this season? We were in the dog trenches of the NBA. Like, we listen, can't that question anything that, he's doing that is, right now. Listen, I remember when the, when the Knicks I'm were a team. I'm thankful he's doing all this stuff that he's doing right now because it's led to this record that we have. I, I remember when the Knicks were a good team, so I'm not just going to start sucking Tom Thibodeau just because we, we all of a sudden are – in the playoff hunt, but we're still under 500 right now. It's not now. just about that. It's about how we're playing as a team. It's about I, the fact that we yeah, have top that's what, defense in the that's NBA. What a good it's not coach, just because of the record. That's what it's a good like, coach does. But he's, a he good, he's a great coach. He, yeah, I'm not So gonna, if he's doing something, he's doing it for a reason. I'm not going to question it. Yeah, he's doing it because it's going to get them more wins than losses. He's not, listen, I'm not going to say, he's not David Fisdale. He's not any of these bad coaches that we've had in the past. Tom, Tom Thibodeau gets his roses from me. I don't want you to sit here and act like I'm calling him a trash-ass coach and da-da-da. But even as a good coach, there are good coaches in the NBA that we can question. And Tom Thibodeau is definitely one of them because he got he got out-coached by the Dallas Mavericks coach who was just the assistant coach. No, he like, didn't. Yes, he did. <laughs> They yeah. have Luka Doncic. It don't How can matter. you out-coach a superstar? You can't out-coach that. If he's hitting shots like that, there's nothing we can do because we don't have nobody like that. We, we're we, the best defensive team in the NBA, and we can't stop that. So what are we supposed to do after that? We can't match that. You think we're supposed so to we match that shot we that couldn't he just do, made? We couldn't do nothing against the Dallas. We couldn't do nothing different against the Dallas Mavericks. Is what you're trying to tell me? If we brought Frank, and you know I want to see Frank play. We couldn't do nothing. We couldn't do nothing differently. And at the end of that Brooklyn Nets game, where Alfred Payton is saying, "Yo, don't even send that double team." We couldn't do nothing differently. You know, that's what you're trying to tell me. We I'm, couldn't. I'm to the Tom Thibodeau couldn't do a single playoffs, thing differently we, than what he, he did wanna... for us to have instead of. More losses than wins before this last game. We could have had more wins than losses. He could have done nothing differently. We can't question him because we won more games than what was expected. That's what you're trying to tell me. We can't question I'm none of this. I'm telling you that he does not like to tinker with his rotations too much. I understand that. But this that's that's a reason to say that, yo, we love Tibbs. But we can also be like, but I wish he did shit differently. And it's the same thing that's haunted him through his entire career. Differently, but I'm not going to question It's the same him. thing that he's done his entire career. And it's something that he should have adjusted by now. And it still hasn't. So the reason I'm talking about this is because I don't want y'all to be looking at, at me a year or two years from now when I'm saying that we need to switch coaches. Because I'm, it's going to come. There's going to be a point in time where where 
we're going to stop wanting our floor to be raised and we want our ceiling to be raised. We're going to want for us to, instead of losing these games that we could have won because of questionable coaching decisions, that we're going to want to win because we had the better coach and he outcoached the other team. And Tom Thibodeau ain't doing that. And I love him because he raised our floor. He showed showed the world what the Knicks could be, along with Julius Randle, along with R.J. Barrett, along with all the guys that we picked up, along with Emmanuel Quickly. But I want us to win games. That Along with Leon Rose. But I want us to win games that I want us to win games that we have no business winning, but we won because the coach made the right call. Right? I'm tired of these, oh, I'm gonna call a challenge because of whatever, and then we lose the challenge. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of us coming out no, of timeouts. I'm tired of us coming out of timeouts and turning over the ball because Mike Miller came out of timeouts last year and we always played, we always executed. And that's the one guy that I wish that we brought back as an assistant coach was Mike Miller. We always came out of timeouts with a great play. And that execution ain't there like that anymore. So I love Tom Thibodeau. He's raised our floor. But I want us to also have our ceiling raised so that when we are more in the playoffs, we in that fifth seed, sixth seed, when we get better, I want us to win those games. I want to go to the finals. I'm not happy with just us being in playoffs and being play, perennial play-in, play-off guys, and that's it. That's our cap because our coach likes to play our guys 38 to 40 minutes a game and runs us into the ground. And now Derrick Rose is out for however many years because of, oh, we're not even going to talk about that. But anyway... That's my little rant on Tom Thibodeau. I, I call out Frank before I call out Tibbs. I need yeah, Frank, Frank definitely needs to be called out too, but... He needs to get better. Show what you can, you're capable of in practice so you can get that time in the, in the game. Tom Thibodeau is going to get outcoached in the playoffs if we make it there. That's, that's, my, that, that's my call because, like you said, we don't have a superstar and you need a coach. If you don't have a superstar, you need a coach to outcoach the other team in order to get a win here or there. And we're going to get... outcoaching if they have better players. If if we lose to a team that's just as even as us, then I can say that he was out coached. But until then, we not like if we meet up with like Boston. Boston has two superstars on the team. What you mean, like Boston? We don't have Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown on our team. Jason Tatum is a all star, just like Julius Randle. We're not going to do that. <laughs> is Jay, is Jason Tatum better than Julius Randle? Absolutely. Yes. Did is were Jay they Brown better what? than RJ Barrett? Yes. Yeah. It's not an evenly matched team. It's okay. So Boston if Boston's... we may, if we met up with Toronto in the playoffs, mm-hmm. then we have a point. If we lose, that's him getting out coached. If we lose to Toronto in the playoffs, if that's even going to be a possibility, then then you have a point. Then he's getting out coached. But until then, I'm not going to be calling it out coaching just because the other teams have better players. I don't. I don't think Jason Tatum is in a whole nother like. Do I think nobody a Jason on Tatum our team can do what Tatum does? That, do I think a Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown team with no Kemba? Do I think that they're that much better than the Knicks? Do I think that they're? Do I think that they're in a? We're just going to put this in tears. We have the elite teams. We have the good teams, which we're supposedly, we're calling the Knicks a good team, right? They're supposed to be a good team. We have the mediocre teams and we have the bad teams. Now, depending on whether you think the Knicks are a mediocre team or a good team, it's going to determine this, this discussion that we're having. 
Yes. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are better than Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. But as a team without Kemba Walker, is that team that much better than the New York Knicks? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. We have to be realistic because the Knicks are an average team with an elite defense. So they're a mediocre team. No. They're an are they a good team? team? With an elite so is the Boston Celtics an elite team? They're a better team. Bro. We're not going to do this. <laughs> you got the better roster. We're not. We're not going to do this because the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics. They're a good team, but they're not. They're not. They. They're going to flame out as just like the Knicks are going to flame out in the playoffs. That's not. And well, that's not. And we can't and the say Knicks, that because the Celtics for year after year were the favorites to get to the Eastern Conference. Finals. They're going to. They're going to flame out in the playoffs. And nothing changed not, this year except for COVID. They're not going to be. They're not going to beat Milwaukee. They're not going to. They. They're not. They're not better than Toronto, than um the Philadelphia, they, and they're not better than Brooklyn. So this this they're capped. So they're not better Just, than Toronto. N- no, Philly. Philly, Milwaukee, and Philly, Brooklyn. Milwaukee, and Brooklyn. They're not. They're not. They're not on par with any of those teams. That's three teams. This. What about the Hawks? What about the Hornets? Okay, they're better than them, right? Maybe yes, they are. They're better they than should, them. They should beat them, but we're better than They're them. They're better too. than us. Are, are, are we? Are we better than the Hawks? They're better than the Raptors. Hold on. Are all those all those teams that you listed are the Knicks better than those teams? No. Who are they not better than? Because we already beat uh, Atlanta. We already beat Atlanta. They have a different team now, though. Okay. We didn't. I don't even think Clint Capella was playing when we played them, and now they have uh, Lou no. Williams. We, they didn't have Gallinari when we played. Like we we beat them when they were like injured. It was just Trey Young and Cam Reddish, I remember. But they're better know. than us. <sighs> At least for now. Right now, yeah, I would agree with you because right now the Knicks are playing like dog shit. We don't have a Trey Young. The Knicks, the Knicks that were the Knicks that were playing without Alfred Payton were definitely better than that Atlantic Hawks team. But I digress. Um. I, the reason why I'm saying what I'm saying is because I if feel like we were Chicago, playing outcoached because Chicago is not better than us. See, I feel like we're talking about teams that the Knicks are better than and the Knicks should beat. Right. Who are who are on the same level as the Knicks? You saying the Bulls are on the same level as the Knicks? Because then that means the Knicks shouldn't be in the playoffs. Why? Because Chicago shouldn't be in the playoffs. Chicago's a nice seed right now, ain't they? No. They uh, ain't be in they? the play-in. Okay, but they won't be in the playoffs. If they beat someone in the play-in, they will. They're not going to beat somebody in the play-in. If they play us and they beat the, us, that's our coaching they, right there. And we deserve to call out Tom Thibodeau for that. If we miss the playoffs because we lose to the Bulls. Bro. <laughs> The Bulls are not on the same level as the Knicks. Anyway, I, I, I'm done arguing about this, bro. We'll we'll discuss this. I'm not time. saying that. I'm saying that. Are we going to cut not, like 95 percent of this out? Because oh, um, <laughs> we went on way too long. Um, Miami's better than us too. Yeah. Yeah. 
because they only they only that bad because of they only COVID. they only have the record they have because of COVID. But I don't think Boston is that good. It's the same man. thing with Boston. I don't think Boston is that good. I just think that they have playoff experience, so you have to be able to outcoach them to beat them as the New York Knicks. And yeah, Atlanta. Our best guys have never seen the playoffs. Charlotte, Atlanta, and Boston. I, I, I think that when the Knicks are at their best, they are as good as or better than those teams. Those are teams that they should be able to beat. That's just my opinion. Indiana, we're better than Chicago. We're better than. Like, if you think, if you think we're not better than Chicago, then that means you don't think we're better than Cleveland. That's how I'm. That's how I'm looking at it. Or Washington. Who's on Cleveland? That's like Zach Levine. Zach Levine? You know what? All right. So we're going to wrap Zach it up. Zach Levine is good. What are you talking Like, bro, Zach Levine's an all-star too. Yeah, he is. He just dropped 50 last night. Yeah. Okay. Right. Zach Levine ain't making a difference as a number one option, though. I ain't saying all that. Okay. Um, we're going to wrap this up. one option on this team now. We're going to wrap this up. Um, all right, bro. All right. So, yeah. So, I, <laughs> after all this arguing, I'm Jocelyn Focus. That's French. French. Uh, French, you got you got any uh, any, anybody you want to plug? Anything you want to plug? Uh, I saw this documentary on Netflix called Sea Spiracy. It was about, like, how the ocean is going to be completely empty because of all these fish companies tearing down like ocean wildlife to a massive degree so like in 20 something years it's going to be like no fish in the ocean which is kind of wild which is going to end up end up killing us so yeah if you don't want to die just go and check that movie out <laughs> documentary <laughs> all right so I, I i know who i want to plug i'm a film um, student that's why i bring this stuff up i watch a lot of films so, our cousin Chanel, uh, her son, uh, was just recently in a news article. Um, so, he is uh, making custom clothes. So, I want to shout him out. Um, I want to shout out our cousin Corey. Uh, check him out on Instagram at Corey Make It on Instagram for the custom clothes. That's Corey Make It, K O R I M A K E. It, um, got some real good stuff on there. Is and, Chanel uh, viewing this? Is she checking in? I hope she checking in and seeing what's going on here. Chanel, we gonna know if you. Chanel, in I ain't hear from you in years. If, if you ain't checking us out, we gonna know it because we just shouted you. We just shouted you and your boy out. Come um, on now. So next take. Yeah, um, <laughs> so shout out to Shell, Chanel. Chanel, shout out, shout out to Nicori. Um and that's it. Um. We're going to see y'all back next week. We're gonna, Like I said earlier, we're going to release an episode every Sunday. Uh, hopefully soon we're going to have the YouTube videos. All right. We're going we're gonna to hopefully release some other stuff. Check us out. I got um, two edited so far. There we go. Uh, we're going to have some clips up. You can check us out on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash Nixtake Media. Find us on Twitter at The Nixtake. Um, where else they can find us at? Oh, you can check us out on our website, www.nixtake.com, which is currently down. But once we're ready 
just make sure you uh make sure you're ready for that and uh that's about it y'all uh we'll see y'all here next week all right peace yo dog i know you're not still listening here after two hours but anyway first things first the song in the beginning of the podcast was Broadway Boo by my brother Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blaze, Harlem. Another thing, the thenickstake.com is about to be up soon, so make sure to keep checking us out on Twitter for updates at the thenickstake.